Welcome back to the BTR podcast. We're getting closer and closer to 100 subscribers. So if you haven't, please subscribe. Uh, as I said last time, we are officially on audio platforms. So link in the description below if you guys want to listen to listen to it instead of watching it. Also, a link to our socials will be down below. So please follow that as well. Uh, before we continue, for those guys that are watching the video, you notice that we finally added some decoration. Um, we want to give a shout out to Planet Press for giving us this poster of the logo. Um, any printing needs, um, check the link in the description. Planet Press will help you out. All right, without further ado, we got NBA Finals to cover. All right, so let's just start with Game 1. Obviously, Game 2 was um, today at the time of recording. So the series in general, 1-1, Heat tied it up in Game 2. But Game 1, it looked like Denver definitely put a scare that that the Heat were essentially not gonna not gonna be a no show for them. Like there was no competition for them. Clearly wasn't the case. Um Jokic off the bat, twenty seven killer. Twenty seven point triple double, only on like twelve shots. So that was key number one. Yeah, Nuggets were just too good offensively in that game. Uh it felt like the game was over in three quarters, but like you said previously, they tend to take the foot off the gas. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But, yeah, the Nuggets in game one, like, everyone was firing. Uh, probably points-wise, but efficiency-wise, probably a little bit off. But Jamal Murray was there. Nikola Jokic was there. And then your third guy, who was Aaron Gordon at yeah, the beginning of the surprise game. Surprise name. Yeah, um, you had three guys that showed up, really, that shot well and produced points. And that was enough for you guys to win the game. Yeah. Well, not me, but... Well, not you, yeah, yeah, obviously not <laughs> um, you. Yeah, no, for me, the start was, like, Jamal Murray, because like, he's the one that carried the load offensively. Even Aaron of, Gordon, he had a good start In terms well. of, like, points getting, um, for sure, because, like, Joker had, like, 27 points, which was the leading scorer, um, and it didn't feel like it. Like, we'll get into game two, because that one felt like it, but not, yeah. not game one, because it felt like he was probably dropped, like, a barely 20-point triple-double. Because of the 12 shots, so he was efficient with it. But the key was his playmaking. Um, the Heat couldn't figure that out, right? Like, he was able to get Aaron Gordon, like, w- you know, those weird passes under the rim where you think he's going to shoot, a f- like, a floater. Instead, he passes it or he finds, like, someone wide open on the three. Even though um, uh, Porter Jr. and KCP didn't shoot well, they still were, like, a threat. And, of course, the rebounds come in play because of his size, but... Yeah, it's just like the playmaking, his driving ability is kind of there more so in game two than game one. But um, like you said, everybody else did well as well um, defensively. You know, j- they didn't get Jimmy Butler going. Um, they're like they yes, Bam Adebayo had twenty six points, but it was on twenty five shots. You know, they they weren't in foul trouble really because the Heat only shot two point um, two free throws that whole game. So yeah, I mean, after game one, it seemed like the Nuggets. We're definitely like, okay, yep, it's um, over for the Heat, but obviously we'll get into game two slightly. Yeah, game one, uh, Jokic dropped 27. Murray dropped 26 and 10 assists. Uh, just, it was a complete game offensively for them. It was just effort-wise where they lacked a little bit in the fourth quarter where Miami started going on a run to make a, com- make a comeback. Uh, Lowry and Highsmith were pretty good in uh, game one as long as Gabe, as long with Gabe Vincent. Uh, Vincent had 19 on 50% shooting. Lowry and Haywood Heights met. Surprise name. The two last names. It sounds like two last names, yeah. Uh, combined for 29, which is pretty good for your two bench players. And every, everyone else, Caleb Martin fell off. Uh, Max Truss was like 0 for 10 from the field. Yeah, Caleb Martin hit 1 3. And Spruce then. hit none um, in the field in general. And Duncan Robinson only hit one shot as and well. And then obviously, the biggest one, name all. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, he was more efficient this game in game one, sorry, than game two, but obviously he had more points in game two. I don't know. For me, the key is like, I like we, I always talk uh, this with you even before we started the podcast about is Jimmy Butler a superstar or not? And to me, he is not in that tier. He's in that like second tier of like AD and all these guys. Um, because of like his, like, yeah, he turns it up in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. Like we said it on the podcast before that, um, you know, it's him and Kawhi that usually we see level up, level up in the playoffs. But it's mo- mostly the fourth quarter, right? And we'll get into game two where he did. But I need, for me, it's like the battle of Jimmy and 
Jokic and Jokic has lived up to his end both of these games. For me, Jimmy hasn't even like game one and two. I feel like yeah, they did game win game two, which again we'll get too soon, but it just doesn't feel like that Jimmy Butler from the Milwaukee series essentially. Yeah, I mean fatigue could always be a factor. Um, the 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 long seven game series against the Celtics doesn't help obviously because he hurt his own ankle as well. Yeah, slightly. and then he injured himself in uh, game one of uh, the next series, so. Yeah, he's taking a step down, step back for sure. Well, but the thing is, the thing with Jimmy is that he shows up in the fourth quarter, which is like if you're not gonna show up in the game, like if you're having struggle struggling in the game, like how he did in uh, Game Six against the Celtics, he still showed up in the those key moments, which you kind of need. The scary thing with that is like, like for example, Game Six Celtics. If we were to just shoot a little bit better in the first three quarters. They would have not needed a game seven. Yeah, that's true, but you want your star players to show up in the moments, and he shows up in the moments. Yes, it probably comes at a cost of three quarters of poor play, but sometimes. But that also takes a lot of your energy, like your. Yeah, but sometimes uh, those key moments are what when you the game. Yeah, I guess we can move on to game two here because yeah. like, there's nothing much. I mean, there's no point going over a lot of game one. Because uh, game two, they changed it up, right? Game one, Caleb Martin started. They changed it up with Kevin Love, and I was listening to the broadcast. And, and I agree with it that they were like, okay, it gives them more size because Michael Porter Jr., who's not really, who's more of a spot-up guy. Um, yeah, he could create his own shot a little bit, but when Joker has the ball, he, he's going to be more of the spot-up guy, so Kevin Love could just guard him with size. And uh, so obviously that helped. They, they started up hot, right, like a 10-2 run, easy first time out. I think it was like a 10-11 point lead at some point. But then, yeah, like they let their foot off the gas. But the key thing was Max Struess started the game hot. He may not have finished as strong, but he started up hot. Um, Gabe Vincent was still cooking from game one, but Caleb Martin, obviously he was off the bench, but struggled a bit. Yeah, Caleb Martin struggled. Uh, Bam followed up on another yeah. performance. He had 21 uh, and shot shot pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he shot like 60 at least, right, I believe. Yeah, I'll double check, but... Jimmy struggled though. Yeah, okay. Jimmy. Jimmy had twenty one, but he had thirty seven percent shooting. I know that. And then Gabe Vincent with another performance of twenty three points, with a very good efficiency as well. Uh, the thing with the Heat is uh, the three ball. Uh, we saw in the Celtics series when the three ball is on, they won. When it's not, they lost. So Bam shot fifty seven percent eight for fourteen. Yeah. But he also got five free throws on that too. Whereas yeah. he didn't in the first. Yeah, so then my point about the Heat and the three ball is that, like, when they win games, their three-point percentage is better than their actual field goal percentage. Obviously, today it was a tie because it was both 48%. So it's it's just weird to see, like, how much the three ball really helps Miami Heat. Yeah, um, which sucks because you could live by the three die with three. You saw the Houston Rockets from, like, that 2018 year where they missed 27 in a row, right? The Celtics themselves, who they played. Um, obviously, Jimmy doesn't chuck them. Like, he, he, he picks and chooses. Uh, like I said, he got going in the fourth quarter, but another guy we have to give a huge shout-out to is Duncan Robinson, right? Struggling in game one, and he had his, like, Lonnie Walker moment where when Lonnie ca- carried them against the Warriors in the fourth quarter. All his points came in the fourth quarter as well. There could be threes. There could be they, they, He drove to the basket. Um, and then, obviously, Jimmy finished it off in the fourth quarter, which led to his 21 points. But again, like I mentioned earlier, not to... Not my type of performance from Jimmy Butler still. I still want to see that him yeah, Butler you need more. You need more, for sure. Because for me, it's like it's more so Denver put their foot off the gas again and did not cope well with it, which we'll get into in a second. But with the Heat, also the big thing was Eric Spolstra's coaching, right? Like that was the biggest um, um, key uh, thing we had uh, when we previewed the series is because like how is he going to adjust? And he did, right? Um, he went back to the zone, which you know we said that it wasn't the um greatest choice against Jokic because he's proven it but it also stops the pick and roll with Jamal Murray who struggled a little bit early on before he started going into the fourth quarter um and obviously with that defense it um yeah they let Jokic do whatever he wanted but his the key stat there was he only had four assists yeah uh, Duncan had 10 points four or five shooting in all in one quarter which is amazing and then moving on to the Nuggets Jokic had 41 points 11 rebounds four assists so like he dominated the points wise but no one else did anything after him. 
I'm sure he still got his passes off. The shots weren't going down. Like KCP hit one three, I think. Michael Porter Jr. still struggled. Jamal Jamal Murray had ten assists because he just gave the ball to Jokic and Jokic just cooked, right? Like that was a performance where you saw Jokic look like Jokic dropped fifty, even though he dropped forty one, which is still up there. Yeah, Jokic dropped fifty plus against the Suns and he lost that game. Too. Well, people don't also don't realize we we're saying stuff about the Nuggets. Nuggets were up like double digits after they were down early, yeah, and carried that lead into like the end of the third going to the fourth type thing and like i said like none of them were hitting shots aaron gordon kind of slow wasn't like him game one aaron gordon jamal murray didn't finish with 20 like he did yeah he was 18 yeah and then he and started hitting shots he was like 18 and 47 it's like had, it's he, like starts it's like a stats for a third option but not yeah. but he's a second option close to well, yeah close for sure to like in game one he dropped like identical points and like what one point off and then he was still matched like 10 assists even though he had 10 assists this game i believe but um for yeah like he has to propel it was a little too late it was reminding me of the game two lakers performance where he just kept going in the fourth quarter but the difference was he missed the key uh the key shot to tie it because they did um slow them down defensively but the problem was they weren't slowing down quick enough. With it was going like they were going bucket for bucket, which is what Denver did not need late in that quarter. Um, and the key thing for me, I guess, is is Michael Malone. How is he going to make adjustments now? Yeah, there's obviously question marks there for sure. It's tough, but I feel like Denver they just need to continue. Like they just need to play like how what their identity has been this whole entire playoffs. Just trust themselves, you know their strengths. Uh, they don't really, they don't really need to change too much lineup wise or any like rotation wise. They just gotta, just gotta be able to play like a full forty eight. Yeah, I guess. So, what do you think um, is gonna be the game? I don't know. If, uh, sorry, game three and four. Now they're in Miami. Miami got the split, which is big, right? They defend home court. They're up three one. Obviously, I predicted it will be a split down there as well. But how do you think that uh, home stand will go for Miami? Uh, it's tough. Uh, I think it'll be a split again. I think Denver will steal one. Don't know which one, but I think. Here's my thing: is if we see like a game one Denver, right, for the rest of the series, I don't see I don't see the Heat winning. Well, here's the thing: Denver also let the foot off the gas in game one. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was a little. It was they held it long, but enough. that was like that, they were in control, right? Yes, they took their foot off the gas. I agree with that, but they still finished off with a double digit. And victory. They were also undefeated at home until yeah, today. They, they they also finished off a double digit victory. Uh, obviously he got a big one because Denver being undefeated at home. Yeah. Uh, but thing is this, like, the Heat, they could they knew they're like when Denver's on, like Denver's on fire. You witnessed it. They're on fire. Like it's hard yeah, to stop. Yeah, yeah. Right. The question is, like, can he match Denver's offensive punches? So, I guess that's the key thing um, we had going here. First of all, I need a Jimmy performance. We, we already covered that, so I'm not going to get into that too much. But Tyler Hero is rumored to come back in game three, right? And do you think he should be back if he's healthy? Like, if he's forcing himself to come out? Because I believe he shouldn't. Well, at least for game three, he shouldn't personally and it's only because they got here um without him anyways and i'm not saying that oh yeah that tyler here would not be a help don't get me wrong i'm not that's what i'm not saying but i feel like he's a it's a hand injury so he's also detrimenting himself even further for recovery yeah um if the doctors clear him he's playing and he's he's not gonna be like on the bench dressed playing zero minutes he's gonna be playing i would play him at least 10 15 I'm, i won't start him for sure, but off the bench, 10-15, just to ease him back in, I would do that, 100%. It's it's tough for me because, like, yeah, I do agree if, he, if he's healthy, play, right? I'm not saying that. I don't think he's going to be healthy as much as, like, we thought Kevin Durant was healthy, and yes, I understand that's an Achilles thing that was going on with the calf, and yeah, he's Kevin Durant as well, but with with this one, I was like, yes, he's, he's a shooter, he's a scorer, how much of an impact of the hand it's gonna be, right? You don't want you don't want to come out, give it, give it, and then get injured and ruin it even further going into next season, right? And yes, I know you're in the finals. Don't worry about next season right now. But the key is like you've been doing fine without him. Like I I would agree if they were down 2-0 and um, they couldn't find another what, score. What if, what if he's cleared, fully cleared by a doctor? Then yeah, that's fine. 
then 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 he have no no choice. But I don't believe that's the case. Yeah, yeah, no. But what what would you do if he is fully cleared? What would you play him? Then I'll play him off the bench, ease him into the first time he plays. But even then, like, what would be what would be your minutes? It will be based on how the game's going, right? Like, if none of these guys, like, if Caleb Martin's still struggling, then, yeah, you might have to give him the minutes to come in. But, our, again, it's a hand injury. He's been out for a while. He's also been streaky as times. I'm not saying he's going to come and, like, tear shit up. Yeah. I, I, I don't expect that at all. I'll probably give him, like, 10 minutes, and it depends on how he starts off with those 10 minutes, right? If he's coming off firing, then those 10 minutes are going to turn into 20. But if he's struggling, it's those 10 minutes are going to stay 10. Yeah, so I'm thinking if he's cleared to play, like... Even if he's the thing is like I don't I don't want to hear it from him I want to hear doctors right like obviously if you're a player in the finals I mean the doctors might be coerced to say that yeah (laughs) no yeah but I would trust the doctors more a little bit just because you know they're doctors I mean yeah there's some idiot doctors for sure yeah but most of the times they have it right yeah it's it's a tough one because they said their earliest he could probably consider is that's the key word consider going as game three. That's why I I'm hard to believe uh, yeah, he'll the, be ready for game three in general. I would say even if he's like, if the doctors clear him, you still be like, okay, game three, okay, we'll see. If then game four could be like that emergency thing where they come back in because I don't think you got here without him anyways. And I'm not saying that with him you'll get better. Obviously, you'll be better team with him, but that also ruins the chemistry around what you have started. There's no chemistry through. issues. No, no. I mean, like, w- what's happening with the thing? But yeah, it may ruin the rhythm, but it's not chemistry. Yeah, you the rhythm is a, the yeah. rhythm is what I'm about to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I know it, it's tough for me. Like, I I would say play game three without him because I I genuinely it probably feel he's is gonna not be ready. game three without him. Yeah, like, like I genuinely feel he's not probably not ready. I think they they're rushing him back yeah. because they said that it was a possibility that he would have been out for the whole finals. Now they're saying that he'll be back all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. He it could be a super recovery for sure. But I find it hard to believe, and I don't think it's no point risking it further. I get it. It's the finals. Yes, they got back in four years, and they have another opportunity after losing in 2020. But, they're, um, yeah, I, I think like what's working is working still, so we'll, we'll see. You are home now. If they're struggling scoring, then, yeah, you might have to f- push it and see what he could do when he comes back. But then even then, it's like it's a hand injury. You don't know what his scoring is going to be like. Yeah, it's tough. So For I guess sure. uh, I guess we already made our prediction. We'll just move on to the uh, yeah, the both, next bit. Both, both are saying split, right? Yeah, we're, I'm saying split. I think Denver gets the first. Miami gets the second. And I would agree. I'll take Denver gets game three. Yeah, I guess moving on. It seems like every episode we do, a coach gets hired. So, which means next pod we probably will get another coach hiring because, right now the Frank Vogel era for the Suns will begin. So the Frank Vogel has officially been hired by the Suns, and it's a long-term contract. I believe it's five years. And I guess your first thoughts? Tommy is a good hire. Uh, playoff success is okay. I mean, he did win a title, uh, but with like struggle with the Magic Pacers. Yes, he had the, the Heat team, but he had like he had his team still. But okay, here's the thing: the Magic. He's a defensive coach. He was put in a spot where they were like in a rebuild situation and didn't fit his system. The players didn't fit his system. Like Vucevic wasn't this defensive anchor like AD was, right? But then when you go to the Pacers, it was a young Paul George up and coming, you know, that fit that build. You got Roy Hebert. You had George Hill. You had Lance Stephenson, right? So he had he had pieces there. And again, they were playing the Miami Heat team that were like LeBron's prime, prime, but probably the best version of LeBron. And no team beat him, even, like, throughout the playoffs. And he still took him to, like, six and seven games both mm. of those years, right? And then when you put him... Here's the thing. He's on the Suns team that I feel like I need to see what they do in the offseason. Because he's that coach, like, the 2020... Because people forget that the Lakers were still the number one seed going into that bubble before the season was put on the hold. But he's, he is more of a regular season coach. I... I mean, clearly, I don't think so because he had like the reason why he didn't win in the playoffs was because um, the Heat team, and then in the okay, Lakers sorry, with quick. the Lakers, he's a scapegoat because the roster turnover, and you were the one who brought it up a few times as well. The yeah, roster, roster was turnover. turnover was insane year after year. 
So I don't blame him. Yes, I do question his lineup rotations at times, but that's only because the roster turnover changed from his first year. Okay, okay. Don't first of all, you can't blame the Heat team for him not being successful in the playoffs. I mean, there are other teams going to buy the Heat either, like the Brooklyn Nets back then, the Chicago Bulls yeah, going yeah, to buy okay, him with the Derrick Rose teams. Dallas Mavericks did. Okay, one like one, and the Spurs one year. Spurs one year, okay. So, but I'm talking about uh, the no, conference. no, no, no. I'm talking um, about the conference. Say Doc Rivers, for example. Yeah. Couldn't get past the second round. He gets fired. That's on Doc Rivers. Yeah. So why no? I know. Doc but here's my thing. thing when the, you okay, fine. That Lakers that, that team. Celtics team was when better. that Lakers team came in there. The Celtics team. You, no, that Lakers team. No, but like you brought in Danny Green, one of the best three and D's. No, no, at no. The no time. I'm, I'm not talking about Pacers Heat. You can't just say okay. He, he also had league. a young team then, and he fit that fit his mold. Number one seed. Yeah. So. We've seen LeBron sweep you guys as the number f- when you guys were the number one. Team. Exactly, so that's on Dwayne Casey. But okay, so that's here, my, on, my, okay, that's, that's on again that's way team. in the past. But then when you look at his most recent success, yeah. when he won the championship, he was put into a situation where you add a guy like Danny Green, three and D. You add Avery Bradley, who was one of the best perimeter defenders in the league at the time. You have LeBron, who's not a slouch defensively, especially at that at that time. Anthony Davis was a defensive player of the yeah, year yeah. candidate. Okay, fit, they you fit add count. Dwight Howard and they you add JaVale team. McGee. Yeah, they fit his team. Okay, he won, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm saying like what you said is that the reason why he wasn't successful in Indiana in the playoffs was because of Miami Heat. That's one of the key that, reasons. You can't tell me that wasn't a reason. Yeah, no, but like it sounds like you're blaming the Heat for his. Not joking. Okay, well, not being it's successful. both ways, but then again, no one beat that's the Heat. That's on him then. But it's no on one him. beat the Heat in the Eastern Conference either. Yeah, okay, so. That's my point. Nobody beat the Cavs when they went under a little run. Exactly. So I'm not saying it's just on coaching, it's on everybody as a team. But that young Paul George led team who was emerging, and they were pieces away. Paul George himself said that like Indiana was happy where they were. Frank Vogel is one of the reasons why they, uh, they were elite at that stage of their career. He goes to the Magic. No one on that team really fit his bill. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying anything okay, about Magic. And then he comes, get rid of the Magic. Then when he gets hired by the Lakers, he wins a championship in his first year. He, they were The Lakers were one of the best defensive ratings. teams. But how, how would this fit with the Suns? What do the Suns so, do? That's where we have to go transition to. Because I don't think this current Suns team with, this, with Frank Vogel, sure, they're not going to be a championship team. But you have the two greatest scorers in the game today, right? Devin Booker has shown he's not a slouch defensive player like he has in the past. Kevin Durant, as long as he's healthy, could handle his own. I mean, he's seven feet. He could do well defensively. Now, there's rumors that like Fred Van Vliet's linked there. That's a perfect piece to start off with. Can you switch DeAndre DeAndre Aiden and get a guy like Miles Turner in a trade maybe? Right? That's a guy that will fit that mold. So that if he gets some those type of moves, that's what I'm saying. I like the hire because he's a defensive-minded coach and they need defensive-minded um, more defense on their team, especially losing a guy like Mikael Bridges. You bring him pieces that fit the defensive mold. You have the two greatest scorers in the game, right? Arguably top five duo in the league. That team could win the championship as long as they make the right moves. So I feel like he's the right coach. I mean, definitely better than Doc Rivers. Oh yeah, anyone over Doc for sure right now, especially at this moment. I'm not like saying that. I'm not saying he's gonna do bad. I think I still think he's a good hire, but I'm saying that the track record isn't like it's still it's decent but there's the suns are like just steps away for sure yeah so he's and, and like that that was the with the lakers like major steps People away in my opinion the lakers hire they were supposed to get Ty Lue at the time stuff happened behind the scenes vogel was just like a filler to get fired which eventually he did but he still delivered a championship and the big reason was because of his coaching you have if you have an offensive guy like he had with jason kidd on his staff phil handy lyle hollins and all these guys you, they re-signed Kevin Young, which we'll get into for, uh, when we get to the co- assistant coaching hires. Um, the, if they have another offensive guy they could add, that Suns team is it's gonna probably win a championship next year as long as you build, uh, as long as um, James Jones does his job on the GM side and HBO, whatever he gets involved in. That's my point. The ceiling with Frank Vogel is still championship, not with Doc Rivers, but Frank Vogel who has shown it recently. If he has a good defensive pieces. He could come in and put put them over the top, yeah. Um, which he did recently. Didn't did need steps for sure, and some. Like, then we could major, we could address this. Steps. We could address this when we do our next season predictions and stuff like that. It's it's tough, but it's very tough. But that being said, he was also linked to the Raptors job slightly, 
that's the only team left, which means next episode we might just get their coach the way our thing is going. But right now you've been linked to like three I different mean, we, assistant coaches. We lost like what? Like I don't know these people anymore. <laughs> that, 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 well, that's how okay, so we're Like I don't know these assistant here's coaches. Here's my question for you. I was like, yo, Kings, Monty Williams are bust. King's assistant coach. King's assistant, yeah. I forgot. I, I, I should search his name. You don't even know his name, right? Yeah, no. Like, exactly, we don't know his name. Um, <laughs> Sergio Sacoriolo, you know him. Yeah, Spain. I don't think he's going to do it. Right. I don't think he. I don't think he's cut out for it, in my opinion. Uh, and then uh, what other? I think it was Grizzlies, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. The thing is this, bro. Like, I would just so tone in on Monty Williams, right? Now, like, the Pistons got him. Uh, but at this rate, is like whatever coach you get, you're gonna have to rebuild. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, he didn't even want the Pistons. I think the money convinced him to get the Pistons. But yeah, yeah. Paul, obviously. But let me just search the name quickly. But so you're just saying rebuild? I'm just saying at this rate, you got to rebuild. If you're getting an assistant coach as a new head coach now, uh, you got to rebuild. Thing is Jordy maybe, Fernandez is the name. Yeah, and I heard he was like in talks with other. Um, yeah, like, well. they could be there. Yeah, like, but I'm saying the situation calls. Like, if you had Monty, obviously you could have, you know, fought fought for something next year. But now, yeah, now you're getting assistant coach, you got to, like, really... Yeah, I agree with you. They should rebuild because you don't rebuild know what's happening and, uh, Fred and Gary Trent. Yeah, and then let the, let the coach, you know, develop the players. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what happens next time when, when the announcement gets official for whoever the Raptors hire. But... Frank Vogel, congratulations. Um, except for the except against the Lakers, I hope you have success because I know he's capable of doing it as long as they have a proper team around him. But moving on, uh, there's an update on the John Moran situation. Um, uh, so Adam Silver does his like weekly or not weekly year annually um, before the finals presser. Like we'll get into the NHL because Gary Bettman did the same thing as well. And the main thing that came out of that was, obviously, we talked about the John Moran situation on our very first pod. If you guys haven't checked it, check that out. Um, and he just essentially said that, like, yeah, the decision's going to be made after the finals, obviously. Makes sense, yeah. And it's hinting that it's not going to be a small suspension. It's going to be a hefty at least, suspension. At least half the season. Yeah, that's people are pretty, like people around the league are projecting to be, like, 41 games. Um, definitely, I think, 20 minimum. And it could be also to the full year. Yeah, people are saying that it's not... Again, we don't know what the political side of things are in the States. But obviously, it just seems like he flashed a gun out. But it's obviously not the image the NBA wants to have, clearly. Yeah, and not the Memphis Grizzlies want to have. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll update you guys when that happens a bit more. Yeah, I just like... We don't know. Like, we don't know if he did anything illegal, right? So uh, the thing is, this is just pure NBA. Like, there's no, like, outside... Outside in the investigation or anything outside punishment, right? It's just NBA punishment. So, like, this is just a image thing. This is nothing to do with, like, a legal activity. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see what the update is. You just gotta be smart. Like, we'll, don't, don't flash a gun on an IG live video. Yeah. It's as simple as that. We'll see. Oh, ever. But <laughs> we'll we'll see um, after the finals what happens with that. We'll keep it you guys updated as well. But uh, let's move on to some quick fire topics here, sticking with the basketball, and we'll move on to some soccer. Um, off the bat, um, Sam Cassell has switched his assistant coaching position. He's no longer the 76ers. Makes sense because Nick Nurse came in. And he is joining one of his teams that he played on in the Boston Celtics. I believe he won a championship with them. So Joe Mazzula gets another, um, um, what's the word, veteran-type coach. Who, who was a spot who had talks to become a head coach even for the Sixers? Um, we'll go next up Terry Stotts, former Blazers coach, um, also former Bucks coach, apparently, is joining your boy Adrian Griffin as yeah, the Bucks assistant. It's good for him, first year head coach, getting some experience behind him. Uh, Terry Stotts had some good years with the Portland Trail Blazers, uh, went to the Western Conference Finals that one year, yeah. Uh, but like his only his ceiling is just playoffs, ceiling so. is playoffs right it was never a championship so i guess he's trying to get his like mike brown arc going i guess try to like show that okay i'm still a coach guy, yeah. he was linked to the lakers position last year before we hired darvin ham as well but yeah i think he's definitely has the coach has to evolve a little bit i don't know how much had to do with portland's roster outside of dame and cj like the rest of the construction 
So we'll see. Obviously, good thing for Adrian Griffin. I mean, a lot has to do with Ross Portland. Ross it's Griffin. a good thing for Adrian Griffin as well because, like we've seen it before with Steve Nash. Obviously, didn't turn out the best, but he had Mike D'Antoni there. Um, Vogel obviously was a head coach, but he had Jason Kidd come in and help with the offensive side of things. So you'll have um, that veteran experience with the refs and all that stuff. Even though Adrian Griffin had like a couple of games uh, as a head coach, filling in for Nick Nurse a few, few times. Um, I guess the next one is James Borrego, former Charlotte head coach, is joining the Pelicans assistant position. Um, Willie Green, obviously, I believe he did a good job, not a great job, because, I mean, he did a good, great job. It doesn't matter. Because it, it, you can't do much if your best player and Zion Williamson, who's never healthy. Two best not players healthy. were injured at the same time. And then Brandon Ingram got held, injured. And then at the time of Zion's injury, they were like first place, right? And then when they came back, they made a run uh, to get to the play-in. And obviously, ultimately losing out. But, yeah, it's a good... Uh, another guy who's probably in that Mike Brown territory, um, Terry Stotts territory now. Um, and the last thing is, as I alluded to earlier, for the basketball side of things, Kevin Young. He was the finalist for the Suns job. And he's staying with the Suns because money does talk. <laughs> as <laughs> he, an assistant. He, he has the highest paid assistant coach. He definitely was definitely... Um, touted to go to other spots as an assistant and he usually probably, you don't he'll bring, continue to, he'll continue to be too yeah so he'll continue to be um it could be a mid-season thing like chris finch was for the timberwolves a couple of years ago it could be the next off season but i guess you know they didn't want him to go to a different position like sam cassell so they wanted to make sure he stayed um i don't know much about him but it is what it is um we got fiba yeah so fiba um it's happening in the summer. I think it's from like the end of August to the beginning of September. And obviously, we'll talk about it more then. Is it going to be a good summer for, uh, for if, sports? If the players play. Because the Gold Cup, if you follow soccer, obviously Canada soccer being good now, you can follow that. The FIFA Women's World Cup is on. Canada's one of the favorites there. And then right after that is the FIBA World Cup, which kind of sucks, especially with the USA. Um, uh, usually, the top players don't end up going. Because training camp is literally a couple of weeks later. It's better to do the Olympics for that reason. So I'm hoping Team Canada puts out a proper roster. But mm. here's, like, Shams tweeted this out. Um, for the USA? For the US team. Because obviously he's American. So um, Pacers star, all-star Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, that makes sense. Nets rising star Mikel Bridges. Yeah. Have committed to Team USA roster. So I don't know if that means, like, the camp or the roster itself. To get selected from Anthony Edwards, Austin Reeves, and Bobby Portis, and that last two kind of throw me off, especially with Bobby Portis. They're bench players. Yeah, so I don't know if this means that they're still deciding on which superstar player wants to come play, right? I don't know if Steph Curry will come play or James Harden, even though he's not at that James Harden level. Dame Lillard, for example, Kevin Durant, right? So it's it's. I hope the stars come out, but I guess for the for the sake of parity, maybe not. Because yeah. I'll definitely take our Canada roster over that. Yeah, if, if you it's like, this current U.S. roster. Yeah, if you ever count like Jamal and Shea in the backcourt. Yeah, Lou Dort. Wiggins, Lou Dort, RJ Barrett as your wings. Yeah, uh, Kelly Olenek and all these guys, Dwight Powell. Yeah, those big mans are a little bit weakness, obviously. Yeah. But no, this thing is like the, it's kind of like the World Baseball Classic because that was happening legit during the MLB spring training, MLB preseason. And there were many players that got injured. Like I believe the New York Mets closer was like out for the whole year i think yeah yeah so, so. That, there's that risk I, I that's why i hope it happens earlier because i because obviously it's easier to make the world cup than olympics because there's limited spots because like obviously as canadians we hope canada basketball rises because shea has shown potentials of a superstardom and we've seen what jamal murray could do when he's going right but we'll talk about it more in the year that time comes when the rosters we'll make our predictions for the canada roster at least um now let's move on to some footy um, a yeah. lot of the domestic leagues have closed at least this weekend. Some of them ended last weekend. But now it's like the time of transfer window. And, you know, you recently joined Twitter. I know you haven't looked into it much, but you'll see a lot of the rumors. A lot of rumors, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we'll just talk about, obviously, we'll take if we talk about the rumors, it's going to take up this whole episode. So we'll just talk about what's kind of either officially confirmed or confirmed by Fabrizio Romano, who is obviously like the woge of the footy world. Um, first off, even though this, this was kind of announced for a while, Jude Bellingham has made his decision. He's not coming to England. He is going to Spain and joining Real Madrid, learning from the likes of Cruz and Modric. Yeah, so 
Um, you got the past and you got the future there on that team. <laughs> yeah, so... All the present too because Modric and Cruz are still playing. I feel like the, Modric was linked to Saudi, but he, I think the reports, he denied him. So... I mean, what? You got Modric and Cruz, obviously, as your old guys. And then Valverde is probably like, you know, he's been there for a while. And then you got you like more of your younger guys like Chumeni, Kamavinga, and now Bellingham. Probably one of the best young players in the league. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean they the got to switch Kamavinga from left back to center mid because they got destroyed yeah. in against City. But yeah, uh, that's one of the moves. We'll see when it's officially official. I think it's supposed to be announced next week. Speaking of Real Madrid, um, Marco Asensio has left on a free agency and he's joining PSG. He was rumored to join Villa as well, I believe, but he signed a contract with PSG. Who obviously, fits better because. And also, I guess we'll move on from uh, to another Real Madrid news. Karim Benzema today has officially announced he's leaving. And that's and that's confirmed by the club as well. And that marks the end of an era. Yeah, BBC era is over, and the MSN the that little, rivalry. The 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 twenty tenth best La Liga moments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that rivalry between Barca and Real, Messi, Ronaldo. Obviously, Messi, Ronaldo not there. Yeah. Uh, Benzema, Bale's retired. Yeah. Uh, Neymar got sold to PSG, first one to leave, and then Suarez. And then Suarez is old now, and he's in South America. Yeah, and, and now then, Benzema's the last piece gone. Yeah, but speaking of that MSN, the M part of that, Messi, who left originally Barcelona, went to PSG, has officially been announced that he's leaving PSG, along with Sergio Ramos as well, who joined I think the same year, and rumors are for Messi at least he'll be joining Saudis. Um, joining a Saudi, sorry, joining the Saudi league, rivaling Ronaldo's team, so yeah. reliving their um, rivalry again. But there's also rumors that he might go to Barcelona. But like, you know, I don't know how Barcelona. Barcelona Florida. needs to host more weddings <laughs> at Camp Nou. I don't know if you know that story where they were hosting to make wedding, money, to, make money. to make money. But um, there's that they're, situation. They're really desperate. They're more yeah. desperate than us. Or the <laughs> other situation is like, he was rumored to join Inter Miami, Beckham's club in the MLS. And they might loan him back to Barcelona for a year or two, right? So we don't we don't know. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo pretty much have completed football. I mean, Ronaldo hasn't won the World Cup, but pretty other, much dead. other than that, it's like they have nothing else to prove. Whether they don't, not, like, right? They're easily one and two in some people's eyes. Ronaldo's one in our eyes is Messi's one. Messi's one. But there's that. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, who knows where Ramos ends up? But I guess we also have a coaching hire. Um, Tottenham have officially hired Celtic or now former Celtic coach. I'm going to butcher his name. Ange Postoglu. Um, welcome to the Spurs and welcome. And good luck because you, you're succeeding the greats before you that couldn't do shit with Tottenham itself. Because and Mourinho, they set you up to fail. Antonio Conte. They don't, they don't say it, but and Pochettino. they show it. They, they set you up to fail. You're pretty much quoting you have, Antonio Conte there, right? Yeah, basically, uh, like no, they like they don't have a winning mindset. They have zero trophies in the cabinet. It's just dust and cobwebs, and it's shown for a while now. And then don't really add quality in the transfer windows, and then really hold on to dead weight. And now the rumor to Kane's gonna leave for United, or now Madrid has an opening with the striker position. Um, whoever else wants to leave there, we don't know, but yeah. Good luck. You're probably going to be the next to leave based on what Antonio Conte's yeah, comments maybe. are, Jose Mourinho's comments are. Um, and I guess moving on to the last thing before we get to the FA Cup. Um, f- uh, former Man United, former PSG, now former AC Milan player. Former almost Barcelona. The whole world. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has officially announced his retirement at the age of 42. That which is, is still insane. Because he was playing for AC Milan at that age. He went to the MLS came and came back. back to Europe. Yeah. That's insane. Listen, like, I'm obviously, I'm not a big Zlatan guy myself, right? But, obviously, I respect what he's done. Obviously, with United, he killed it at that age where people thought he was getting to slow down. But his second year, he was injured. But the first year, he helped us get, like, three trophies. And he had a great um, scoring uh uh, year as well. Yeah. Uh, thing is this, Zlatan did not retire from football. Football retired from Zlatan. All right. 
Man's, yeah. man's 42. He's 42 and he retired. Like, and then, like even his person, like, we're going to miss the personality. Like, for example, today when, he, when he announced his retirement. Amazing press conferences. No, but even like I know. when he announced his retirement yeah. today, I guess he was at the Hellas Verona field, I don't know, where yeah, the probably. fans were booing him. And he was like, I don't know, I didn't watch the video properly, but I just read the quote where he was like, essentially, shut the hell up. This is the greatest day for you guys. No one cares about you guys, except now that I'm here and... Uh, I'm paraphrasing and I'm announcing and I'm talking in front of you guys right now. <laughs> so just, keep booing me essentially, but yeah. Zlatan's, Zlatan's a goat on the mic. Yeah, I mean, obviously he couldn't win the big thing, the Champions League or the Ballon d'Or and stuff. But he still won many trophies. He, yeah, he won like many league titles. Obviously. And then uh, also probably the greatest Puskas winner. Yeah. Uh, the freaking 40-yard out bicycle kick Four against England. Four-team Sweden. That's insane. Like, yeah. Zlatan is an absolute beast. Yeah, so, obviously, I, I, we don't, we wish to still see him around there, whether he be coaching, ownership, whatever the case may be. But um, let's move on to the FA Cup final, which is Zlatan's old former team, our squad, Manchester United, played Manchester City in the Manchester Derby for the FA Cup for the first time ever. Bro, you got one prediction right. And you predicted against Man United. I got the Denver prediction right this series. So I don't far. care, man. <laughs> but uh, it's not about Denver. This, this is Man United. Yeah, no. This, this I is mean, my, well, I also got it wrong in a way. This is I my said, literal. I said three one. This is my literal. I, you still said Man United lost. Yeah, that's fine. But why just, were you? Why were you right once or twice? Well, I was hoping I wasn't. I was. I was hoping I was wrong. Nah, bro, man. This is like my literal. When it comes to Man United, it's like I guess I'm very emotional. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, right? We'll recap the game here, um, FA Cup, before we get to the NHL. But obviously, City scored, what, like 13 seconds in? Obviously, off to a bad start. But after that, yeah, they had possession, no, I'm wrong. No, City were, City were dogging uh, us in the first 10 minutes. After It was just the Ilkic Gundogan show for me, though, right? Because here's the thing. If City played all out, that's the reason why I made that prediction. United had no chance as much as they wanted to play. United getting whooped. Right? United but the way City played was bad for City standards that United had the chance of winning, but they decided not they decided to reciprocate. If United played their the standards, City performance. If United played their standards, they could have won this game. They could have easily won this game, for sure. Right? Like we saw, yes, there were injuries, and I get it. Anthony Martial was injured. Anthony was injured. So, Super sub Woot Weghorst. Well, Garnacho. Was the first oh, no, one. No, Garnacho's a goat, man. He's absolutely, yeah. he's absolutely killing it. <laughs> but the thing was, like, when you look at the Jan... Uh, not January. Whenever they played the second leg at Old Trafford when they won 2-1. Luke Shaw was starting center back then, right? And, like, City still played okay. Like, it was like... Like, they played crap. But it was still, like, not to the City standards. And But United played way better than them yeah right? united, and, yeah, united were, were the better team that day yeah so that's then, what but that, that's what i was expecting and based was, on how city yeah played. and then it was the same city that showed up in the FA Cup final but it wasn't the same united and then obviously city deserved to win city could easily won this game like okay. five six zero the thing with man united is they had their moments in attacking third like they kept the ball well couldn't really create chances only one shot on target couldn't really find a killer pass uh, until garnacho came on and really one livened shot. up the attack but it was still then it was like one but, shot on target yeah it was it wasn't great from our attack Rashford was off Bruno was off Jaden Sancho I don't know what the hell to say about Jaden Sancho I'm giving him one more chance but we'll get into the transfer window later because we already talked about Man United last week but yeah uh, I guess I have a question for you here I've seen this on Twitter a lot we have an Arsenal fan in our family our cousin um, who had the more successful season is it Arsenal who had who bottled the league and were out early in the trophies, but still finished second place. They were in the title race. Or is it Manchester United, who were up and down in the league, but FA Cup finalists, won the Carabao Cup, and lost in the quarters to Sevilla? It's tough. It was very tough. For me, it was like, if United did win one more trophy, like if they win the FA Cup final... I would say it's 100% United. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I yeah, mean, I would right? have asked you that last week. but The uh, thing is, like, I value league, right? And United only have one trophy. By the way, before I'm going to cut you off, people that consider Carabao Cup not a true trophy or whatever, it still counts as a major trophy. And you can't say, oh, yeah, they played easy yeah. competition or Newcastle. Your asses didn't get there, <laughs> essentially. Exactly, right? Now, like, if you call it a shitty trophy, why didn't your shitty team win? Yeah, so... As simple as that. That's where it gets me for me tough. Yeah, no, like, I mean... T- this is legit trophy. People like go all for it. City won the goddamn thing like three years in a row. 
And then Liverpool, Liverpool won it last year, absolutely celebrating. United won it this year, they celebrated. It's a yeah. legit trophy. It's, I guess not Premier League. Or Champions League. It's not Champions League. It's not even Europa League, maybe. Right? But it's still a trophy. And it's still something, you know, you are able to win. Yeah. It still shows something that, like, you, you were able to do something that season. And Man United did something. The thing with Arsenal is... I don't know. It's hard. I value league, right? Like I'm pretty sure you value the league as well. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's Man United's first proper rebuild year, and then Arsenal has been at it for like a couple of years now with Arteta. But it's clear that Arsenal have the better team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And then it's clear that at this moment, you could. It's fair to say that Arsenal will be contending for the Premier League next year. You can't really say that about Man United too much this year. Like, at this moment, current moment. Yeah, obviously, if you add, like, you know, Kane and, like, whatever targets you have, then different story. But at the end of the season, you could, like, Arsenal will compete next year. Man United will be there, but this is a question mark. Arsenal, for me, is a guarantee that they will. Yeah, here's, here's the thing, right? You're saying it for a team, like, who had the better roster, essentially, who performed in the Who league. performed better, yeah. Who performed better. Um, yeah, I mean, I get your point, and I, I agree with it 100%. It's just tough because, like, at the end of the day, no one cares about second or third. That's the same thing. Right? Yes, obviously, we're talking about it because we watched the league. But then, like, let's just say five years down the line, plus one on the trophy list, nothing on the trophy list as well. That's big. That's the part that makes it tough. Is like, you're not wrong, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I get it. At the it. same like, time, I'm not right. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And same with me. Like, I definitely, for sure, I'd rather win the league than the Carabao Cup because, obviously, you don't want to hear the stupid stuff about this, right? But Arsenal did choke the thing late because they were eight points clear at one point, I believe. And I mean, they were 93% at the top. Yeah. Right? But, to say that, like, to say that it's not disappointing, it's disappointing. There's no, there's no other word to describe it. It's disappointing. Yes, you're a young team. Yes. You don't have the experience at being at the top. But if you're on the top for that long with that many point lead, you can't blow it. Yeah, it's, you it's cannot, a, it's a you cannot blow it. I mean, Arsenal fans, United fans, go in the comment below. I know we'll be talking to our cousin about this too. What do you guys think? Who had the better year? Um, this is good debate both ways for sure. But um, wait, so what? Okay, so the Community Shield, I just thought of this right now. City won the league and the FA Cup. That's usually the Community Shield. They play Arsenal, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so they value them as the FA Cup and not the finalists? I think it's the second place. In okay, so it's not like the FA Cup finalists. I'm not sure, though, 100%. Okay. But, yeah, maybe. Unless, okay. yeah. We'll look at it when time comes closer. But, yeah, I guess let's move on to the NHL. Um, obviously, there's a big series there going on. Stanley Cup Finals officially started on Saturday. Florida's Florida, Florida, like, finally get to get in the ice. But didn't really end well for them. Yeah, so, you know, it was the opposite of the Denver situation. The rest helped Denver, not really with Florida. Um, essentially, 5-2 loss. 5-2 loss. Got away from the third. Third, yeah. 2-2 two, two in the first two periods. Close game, for sure. Yeah. Until, you know, the moments in the third period. But first thing, Bobrovsky, what would you say about his game? I mean, he left four goals, but I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Like, man, first save of the game was a breakaway. He made a couple, a few two-on-one denials. He made that little stack, patty, butterfly motion. I don't know what it's called, but, like, (laughs) absolute, like, amazing save. And then right after that, made a two-on-one save. And then right after, in the same play, Kachuk gave it away to Stone, which was a great interception by Stone, but Kachuk shouldn't be giving it away in your own end. And Stone scored the fourth goal. Goals he allowed were like screens, right? He couldn't really see the puck too much. So there's nothing that went like through him. Like they were still in the like corners of the net, the sides of the net. But he made absolute big saves. Like this game could have been even worse if he didn't make those saves. For me, it was Florida has to be a perfect game. Now, obviously, I'm not saying Bobrovsky has to be a perfect game. The thing is that none of their stars showed up. Right, Kachuk gave that brutal giveaway to make it 4-2 when they had a proper opportunity to even tie it up late. 
Um, you don't hear the name Carter Verhage, who I love, one of the names I love in hockey. And one of the names you heard a lot. Uh, in the, playoffs the Sams, as well. right? Obviously, Anthony Duclair scored. Barkov. And then the goal that it's yeah, Barkov. The goal that it score was also shorthanded the first one, so like you can't really say Eric Stahl that much in the five on five set of things. And yeah, so well, Vegas are a really good five on five team. That's the thing. Yeah, but Vegas also has a tendency of giving the puck away, which they didn't this game as much. But if that happens, you need to pounce on it. Like Florida started out hot, right? Like they started out hot. They were pressing. The shots early were like eight one nine one. Obviously, Florida uh, Vegas evened it out. The rest of the way it was like even throughout there. But you could see that Vegas had more of the puck possession in a way um, until late when like Florida had to get the goals. I said the same thing with the Denver, right? And I'm gonna say the same thing with Vegas. If we see this Vegas for the rest of the series, the uh, I don't see them not. I don't see them losing. I don't see the Florida Panthers winning, right? Uh, but another thing, how do you say Vegas without saying Aiden Hill? That save was an unbelievable. That was an unbelievable second. save in the early second. That stick save, uh, similar to what Braden Hopi did yeah. to them in Game Two of yeah. Vegas's first year. Yeah. Nah, bro, like, Aiden Hill, I don't know what the hell he's been on. He's, like, Vegas is, like, 54th goalie of the year or something. Like, Fifth, okay. <laughs> I just don't understand how, like, a, that backup to the backup, you know, fifth string goalie comes in and is playing, like, like, say someone just starts watching Vegas right now, right? Watching hockey for the first time. They're like, yo, Aiden Hill's the number one goalie in the league. I mean, probably. I mean, here's right? Bobrovsky, one of the two. <laughs> right? Laura, he's like, okay, it's clear cut that Vegas has a starter for the next, like, yeah. three or four years. Like, they have a franchise goalie. Yeah. That's what he's playing like right now. And nobody expected that. Everyone expected him to, oh, just come in, don't let any, like, shitty go through. And then, you know, just try to keep your positioning. And then the team in front of you will help you out. So There, there were times where he's, he's the reason why they're winning games. So I have a question for you. We'll tie back the NBA team here because there's both Florida teams, eight seeds. Before the series, who, who did you think had a better chance of winning, the Heat or the Panthers? And now watching game one of the NHL and now the first two games of the NBA, there's that mind switch. For me, it was Heat from the beginning and it's still Heat. For me, because Heat was a fraudulent eight seed. Clearly, because it was a yeah, seven seed. <laughs> that, that, but if we see this Heat team, right, like from the regular season, uh, they were like a fifth seed for me. Right. Um, so they barely made it in. For me, like Florida, like it's more su- surprising for me that Florida made the final than Heat making the final. So that's yeah. why I consider it Heat. For me, okay, well, here's the thing. Yeah, if you're talking to me from the beginning of the playoffs, I agree with that 100%. But as the playoffs went on, obviously you swept, you came back 3 1, first of all, to the best team in regular season history. Then you gentlemen swept the Maple Leafs, and then you swept the Carolina Hurricanes, right? For me, it was like the reason why I was saying this. I you could argue that uh, Florida has the two best players in the playoffs, and Kachuk and Bobrovsky argue right because obviously yeah, Eichel, Eichel, has case, Eichel has a case, Aiden sure. Hill has a case, and you could argue that, but. That's why I had the reason why I had Vegas in seven was because of that reason. Whereas I still mm-hmm. had Nuggets in six. I had Vegas I, in six. But for me, that's why I think, yeah, I had Florida for sure winning it. Has my mind fully changed yet? No, because it's only one game and we'll see what yeah, there's no need Kachuk for, and them do. Panthers after. don't need to panic. Paul Maurice said it. Yeah. Everyone just breathe. But the thing is this the Vegas, Vegas showed why they were the best team in the playoffs. Yeah, because clearly what, what Vegas did this series. Or this game was what Carolina lacked, is because they didn't like yeah Bobrovsky was the reason why Carolina lost, but they also didn't have that true finisher, whereas Vegas has maybe not like a true true finisher, but they have the capabilities. Yeah, um, of finishing. One goal was Shea Theodore's second, the second goal for Vegas. Yeah, made an incredible move on the line, and then Alder goes on. Yeah, then took a couple you know skates in and athletes bubble esque. Yes. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> the just only a- guys to be Demko. The absolute wrister that beat uh, Bobrovsky. So his first goal of the playoffs, which was surprising yeah. to me. But I don't know. Vegas has like what the leading goal scorers in like double digits, I believe, when William Carlson. I think he's like a ten or so as well. Marshall has been you know Good. scoring goals. Mark Mark Stone got his goal. Zach Whitecloud. So they got like uh, two defenseman goals. 
uh, White Cloud was the game winner, and then Mark Stone added the fourth. Uh, the thing was, the thing is this: um, you can't allow four goals, right? And it's not on Bobrovsky. We already said this. Yeah. But like you know, your team defense, the turnovers, you gotta be better for sure. The thing is this: that your best players gotta be on a score sheet for you guys to beat them. Like, the reason why, obviously, Bobrovsky was a little bit reason why Boston, uh, they beat Boston. But another reason that Kachuk got on the score sheet, right? Uh, reason one of the reason obviously Bobrovsky would be a major reason they swept the Hurricanes. Barkov got some goals. Kachuk got some goals. Yeah, right. You know, so they're gonna need that for those them. guys have to step up, otherwise they lose. Essentially. Yeah, like they, they, yes, okay. If you're looking at like you know pure performance, right? They could have played well, right? But you need those players on the score sheet. Yeah. Like they dumb playing well of like other situations. It's not going to be enough to beat this Vegas team. Uh, here's my question for you. If Vegas won the Stanley Cup, is Aiden Hill the consummate winner? It's uh, a tough one. Because it's not clear cut for me. Because obviously there's a debate that Broski still wins it even if they lose. But I'm, I'm not going to put that a factor into it right now. Um, I Eichel for me still. I had Eichel. I mean, he's been underrated. No one has talked about him as a lot. Right, obviously Mark Stone, I think it has a, ch- a chance, but uh, not as much as Eichel, in my opinion. Um, don't get me wrong, Aiden Hill has been killing it. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. Like, there's no debate. Like, if you were to argue Aiden Hill, I can't sit here and say you're wrong. Like, you're an idiot. Yeah, so I can't say that. The thing is, this. and I'm pretty sure you can't say the same with. Yeah, Jack I can't Eichel. say that. Yeah, I can't. But the thing is this: I just want something different. You know, I want a little bit like, I want something different. Like a what a fifth stringer coming in mid-playoffs, helps them win against Edmonton. One of the big reasons they beat Dallas. Probably the biggest reason they won game one. I know, it's just like, that save itself. So it's more preference that save for you too as well. That's, yeah, it's pre- preference for me, but like that save itself is like a consummate save. Yeah, like again, if he gets it, I'm a, if they end up winning it and he gets it, I'll be It'll be, I'll uh, love but to see But for me, Jack Eichel, like, you know, he might not be on the physical scoring, like goals. Jack Eichel's been everywhere. But he's been like playmaking a lot. He, he showed why. He's got points. He's he got showed points. why he was second to McDavid and probably should have been one in other um, draft, draft classes. classes. And why Vegas went out and got him, even though he struggled a bit last year, but it was also coming off an injury. But what, like, at what point, like, we put in this narrative? Like, I know people probably will say it's stupid, but you expect this from Jack Eichel, right? There's a reason why you in went a way, down. Yeah. yeah, you know, you expect it. There's no in a way you expect it. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's he's the best player on the team. You went out, made the big trade for him. You do not. Inning Hill doesn't come close. What are you expecting? What, what he's doing right yeah, now? For sure, for sure. It it. But again, like like we said, we can't debate. We it's could tough. debate, yeah. but we can't come up with a conclusive answer. On we have to see more games. Like, obviously, obviously, have to see more games. But uh, the thing is, at this rate, it just becomes like a like not a logical pick, but a preference pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like obviously, people want to see like Jack Eichel win it because like you know he had the mm-hmm. you know he had good years in Buffalo. Give it but, a fu in Buffalo too. And then. Yeah, and then obviously got traded, uh, had his uh, surgery, finally fought his clawed his way back, and now playing the best hockey yeah, of his life. So that's another reason. But yeah, no, we'll see more. I don't know if it's. I think it's a little bit. Uh, it's like effective in the playoffs as well, yeah, not yeah. just the finals. So like, the thing is that Aiden Hill also came in like halfway through. Yeah. So maybe that could be effect. But another thing is like, what if people just start voting on based on the the narrative, the storyline? Yeah, that like, I don't. I hate narrative voting, but it is a thing. <laughs> Yeah. But we'll see how it goes, I guess. I mean, they both but, have a good storyline. So, your prediction, game two? I think Florida gets it. Same. I, I think Florida will edge this one out. I don't see Kachuk being this bad. Um, So, we'll see what happens. I don't see Barkov being like this either. And he's a good defensive forward. You know, he's second to probably Bergeron in the league, arguably. So, yeah, I think, I think Florida edges out game two and then goes back on the split. And then we'll talk about that one. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Okay, that. let's move on to some on uh, off ice stuff before we close out the podcast. Um, we'll go with the coaching hire or potential coaching hire that looks likely to happen, which is uh, Columbus Blue Jackets have made a probable decision that they will be going for Mike Babcock, former Detroit, former Toronto coach, last seen with the University of Saskatchewan. Um, his deal ends with Toronto at the end of this month. 
um, and he's open. He's a free agent, and Columbus would like to bring him in. I mean, as a hockey coach, obviously great hire. As little personal, there's been personal issues, obviously. So Columbus is a young team, so I don't know how he's gonna really get the locker room, but they have the uh, hockey wise. Yeah, that's where it's tough because like he would be a coach like New York to bring in. Like yeah, Rangers. right. Like who's like a little bit ready? Yeah, because like you have Kenton Johnson there. Yes, you have Johnny Goudreau. I get that. You have the third pick, and it's probably Leo Carlson, the Swedish center, who's supposed to be pretty good. So I don't know if you want him to be the guy bringing in like a young guy that's been. I like, guess not a Greg Popovich situation where he's been there, stayed there for that whole time. So yeah, I mean we'll see how it works. I will see if it's official in the first place because there are obviously other names that were linked there. But let's move on to the new president of hockey uh, hire. Last time we talked about Brad Trey Living being hired as the GM. Well, former GM Kyle Dubas has officially announced, or well, has officially been hired by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Literally the day after we did the podcast. Yeah. Released over the day we released it. That's the day it came out. Um, Thirty-seven. So I thought he was He's in his young. 40s. He's young. He's yeah, very young. I thought he was in his forties, but. Here's the funny part about this. Obviously, he's the president of hockey operations. They need to fire, find a GM. Need, they need to fix their cap situation if they want to win with Sid, Malkin, and Latang with Mike Sullivan coaching. But here, I'm going to bring up the petty stuff of this. It's so hilarious. Guys. You, you saw the shots they threw back and forth. Yeah, Shanahan. Yeah. So, Bradshaw Living's press conference was going uh, the um, that day when he got hired. It, yeah. was a hire, it was announced during the press conference. And they quickly did his uh, press conference afterwards, so Toronto media can't really jump ship over. But that's hilarious to me, like the pettiness going with the Shanahan shots that he isn't the right guy. Um, but yeah, uh, like, so you could tell they ended on bad terms for sure. Uh, but it's weird. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's <yeah. just> weird. <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what happens, I guess, with the um, the cap situation. What if we just go next Penguins lease game? full-on line brawl <laughs> i don't think it'll go that extreme <laughs> but speaking of brad tree living so he was obviously the former calgary gm yeah and when he worked out his deal with um because technically calgary has his rights in a way that that when he worked out his deal with toronto one of the restrictions is Trey living cannot sit at the draft table for Toronto, which is weird. I heard on, uh, this is this, I was listening on Halpern and what Bruff. What is this bullshit? Man? Yeah, <laughs> I was listening to Halpern and Bruff, and one of the things was, um, yeah, that's what they said. I don't know how true it is. I don't know who they had on as a guest at that point. Yeah. And he, yeah, one of the deals that Calgary said was like, if you guys so want him, you can't put him on the desk. So basically, like, oh yeah, no, if you want him as a GM, yeah, you could take him, but like, he's not allowed to do a GM job. Yeah, I don't even know. How does, how does that make any sense? I don't know if he's allowed to sit. I don't know. He's technically doing it behind the scenes, but we'll probably see him in a mask there or something. Who knows? But like one janitor just cleaning yeah, up. Yeah, it it's weird. A, it was like a weird situation, but just has a headset. Well, we'll in. see if it's true during. Say, yeah, we're drafting when this the draft dude. comes in two weeks. We're drafting this dude. Yeah. All right. Final thing, like we mentioned before, Adam Silver did his um, pre-finals press conference. Gary Bettman, Bettman did his, and the two big things that came out that we saw were well, the first one is the cap. Ain't going up, you know. Canucks fans well, are looking mil. up there. Well, oh, the mil. cap will go up. One mil, one mil, not much. It's not much. I mean, the year doesn't after, really affect the, Canucks. the year after is supposed to be a lot more. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, so the, those teams, especially at the Canucks, who are already over the cap, are looking forward to the cap to go up to make some adjustments. Good luck with making moves. Obviously, we'll talk about the Canucks more in the off season um, once the playoffs uh, finals have officially concluded. And the other thing was the Arizona situation. We already know what he, his thoughts are on the Arizona situation. We already t- like shared he wants our to shots. Want, he's trying his but best to keep. Shout it out there. to our relative who put it in the family group chat, so we don't have to search for it. But yeah, um, Utah. So Pierre LeBron, um, he is from the Athletic and TSN, has said Bill Daly, who's one of the guys, um, I forgot his exact role in the commissioner thing. Confirms that NHL has directly heard directly from Salt Lake City, to be exact, Utah Jazz owner Ryan Smith, about their interest in having an NHL team. Obviously, they're not looking for an expansion, so it makes sense. This was a potential relocation spot. And although Batman did double down on saying he hopes to find a solution in Arizona, so obviously Batman is still 
looking into that solution. Yeah, and Utah, Utah was one of like one of the top three or favorites, you know, to get a hockey team. Yeah, Arizona relocate. But yeah, so obviously that's what I think. Uh, we concluded that that's the best spot we think it is outside of Quebec City, obviously. Yeah, but that's just more biased. Um, because like they only have Salt Lake City FC and they have or Real Salt Lake, sorry. And um, the Utah Jazz, right? So they'll have another team there they could potentially root for, but it could be a tough situation. New team coming in, not like Vegas, for example. But yeah. Uh, before before we end, should we should we tell them how we were complete dumbasses today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we waited this long. Obviously, at the time of recording, we're at one thirty or one twenty a.m. So what was it? We started recording at. We started, 10, right? con- yeah, 10, started finished recording. Good. We had a, probably d- did our best podcast. You we're could we're, tell our energy was a little low for this one. Like, we're like, I'm like half asleep right now. <laughs> Not yeah. Gonna lie. Um, yeah, so our, our dumbasses didn't put it on video mode and put it on S and Q, which is a time lapse. So, so we looked, we put, we took the SD card out, put it in my laptop. And we're like, why the hell are we slow motion? And why the hell is like three hours long? Yeah. Well, and then we're like, oh my God, we brutally so this was, messed up. This was attempt two learning process for us, but uh, just know. as simple as this is a, uh, we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just to make sure we don't do this next time, but yeah, uh, 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 just double check and stuff, but hopefully that energy was the same and yeah. hopefully you guys didn't see no difference, but uh, yeah. just gotta come clean you know yeah you guys will, we'll you guys you know. will never know what type of banter we had earlier we tried our best to recreate it but we missed some stuff for sure but it is what it is hopefully we continue to entertain you guys in the next one better but well yeah well that, that's pretty much it um we're stupid <laughs> but just you know uh one like equals one increase in one iq for us yeah uh like comment and like subscribe. comment subscribe S- comment what you guys thought your um disagreements um you know your thoughts about how stupid we were and whatever you think was gonna happen in the playoffs shout out again planet press for the poster uh, check out their link in the description and we'll catch you guys on the next one peace, peace.